0: students and healthcare professionals, not just survive, but thrive with a purpose. This is the CMDA Student Pulse Podcast with your host, Bill Reichert, National Director of CMDA Campus Ministries.
1: Well, welcome to another episode of CMDA Student Pulse Podcast. I'm Bill Reichert, National Director for Campus and Community Ministries here at CMDA. My guest today is Kenny Shu. Kenny, thank you for joining me.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Kenny, um, let's find out a little bit about the organization that you're part of. It's called Color Us United, and you are the uh, president of this organization. What what does this organization do? What does Color Us United do?
0: Color Us United stands for a race-blind, merit-based America. That's what we do. So those are ideals that Americans believe in, whether you're a person of faith or not. You want people to be treated on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, new programs across the nation, whether they are in schools or businesses or government, are prioritizing other factors like race, sexual orientation and gender Mm -hmm. in terms of giving promotions and hiring And that's not just unfair, but it leads to degradations of cultures of excellence. So we Mm. seek to restore the meritocracy through our public advocacy against DEI policies and organizations that are propagating them.
1: Let's talk about how it's intersecting healthcare, because that's the world, of course, CMDA uh, swims in, and you do touch on how DEI initiatives are are finding their way through healthcare systems. And you've set up what is called a MEDS framework. It's a proposed by your organization that differs from the traditional DEI approach in healthcare. Before we go into what the Meds framework does, Kenny, what is the traditional DEI approach in healthcare? What 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 is currently being, you know, worked through the healthcare uh, educational system as well as the healthcare institutions in in regards to DEI?
0: I think DEI is is an ideology that basically says, well, your institution is inherently exclusionary. So you need to pass specific policies to raise the so-called underrepresented minorities. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem. Who are the underrepresented minorities? And largely they mean black Americans, Hispanic Americans, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But the problem is this often leads to lowering standards for these underrepresented groups to get in. And I think that that creates a negative incentive. Mm -hmm. Uh, As a doctor, as a dentist, you guys make your number one commitment to prioritize the health and safety of the patient. And that Mm -hmm. means that you need to have, your number one commitment should be prioritizing the most excellent care, Mm -hmm. the most excellent doctor. And if you're not qualified to be the most excellent doctor, you shouldn't be a doctor. You should choose a different profession. You you shouldn't be a dentist. You should be Mm -hmm. a different profession. And we all know, you guys all know, who are medical students, dental students, all know what criteria, what characteristics make up an excellent doctor. Not just that you're empathetic, because a lot of people in the world are empathetic. Mm-hmm. I'm a fairly empathetic person. I am not qualified to be a doctor <laughs> because I don't have the requisite knowledge. I don't have the requisite cognitive ability. I don't have the requisite reading ability. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the requisite, maybe even work ethic to be able mm-hmm. to do that. So I think you should be judging people on those kinds of things rather than on race and identity.
1: Well, it seems like that would be common sense, wouldn't it? I mean, when you are patients going in for... Uh... surgery. They want the best doctor. They look for the best doctor, the one who's done well in their education, their training and such. So it seemed like it would make sense. You'd want the best individuals. And of course, the testing, the filter to become a physician or a dentist is pretty intense. MCATs and and such and, and, you know, grades in terms of, uh, uh, you know, the academic achievement. But are you saying, though, that those things aren't necessarily the precursors, those aren't the issues that are being front-loaded as it relates to the kinds of uh, young men and women that are being given opportunities to go into medical and dental school now. Is that changing?
0: It is changing. At UNC Medical School, which is a school that my organization, Colorist United, has been starting to roll back DEI policies against. Mm -hmm. They had previously created a framework called the task force to integrate social justice, you can look it up on our website, they've now rescinded it, thanks to our advocacy. Mm-hmm. But you can look at our website, the task force to integrate social justice, it basically lists 72 different DEI priorities that this College School of Medicine need to do, including mandatory unconscious bias training. Uh, if you're a white doctor, you're going to be subjected to basically what I call harassment. Harassment about the fact that you are white, harassment about the fact that you need to give up your space and give up your confidence as a doctor to other minorities. It's basically harassment. They have admissions processes that are specifically stacked to lower standards for underrepresented minorities, whether it is this program called Med Excel, like a second chance admissions, but only for black students or only for what they deem as minority students to certain fellowships that were previously only available to students of a certain color. These are stacked priorities towards underrepresented minority students, uh, which debates the principle of merit. Uh, Another thing that they do is they devote up to an eighth of their curriculum on basically critical race theory Mm -hmm. teachings such as, well, why are there health and human disparities in our country? Well, it must be because of racism you know, these are political science topics. These are not appropriate for medical school. So that's another thing that we try to get out of that curriculum. You should be learning about how to take care of kidneys, how to administer things properly, possibly other forms of medical education, but certainly not critical race theory.
1: So in light of this, you've constructed a meds framework. What is that meds framework? What does that entail?
0: So the MEDS framework, which you can look up on Mm colorusunited.org and just look at one of our initiatives and it says MEDS framework. MEDS framework is our our alternative to basically the DEI moment, the DEI answer. And the MEDS framework basically says we're going to treat people on the basis of of four things, especially doctors. And of course, this is why we call it MEDS. Mm -hmm. Merit, equality of opportunity, diversity of thought, and straight talk. Merit should be the number one criteria for promotion and entry into medical school or medical fellowships. We've already defined those terms. Equality of opportunity. Everybody should be competing. Everybody should be working on an even playing field. We, everybody should have access to the same resources in medical education, but we cannot expect equal outcomes. If somebody gets better grades, if somebody gets better test scores on their step one, they should reap the rewards of that. That's equality of opportunity. I contrast that with equity. Equity basically says we need outcomes that are racially proportionate. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need to have outcomes where because black people are 19% of our of our school, they need to have 19% of the top scores. Well, that's not necessarily true. Every culture, every group learns differently, every culture and every group does differently. Uh, And by the way, it's up to the individual, we know if you're an individual, we know how you get a high score on these tests, you study, you work hard, diversity of thought, basically says, yes, diversity is important. And I know that this is something that's being emphasized in your schools, but even more important than diversity of background is diversity of thought. You need to have different perspectives in the same room. You need to be willing to challenge each other. That's what good doctors do. They don't just rely on the first answer that comes out from them at the textbook. They actually do experiments and they they decide from there. And then finally, straight talk. We should be having a system that Allows people to speak freely about a person's condition, uh, allows a person to speak freely about a person's gender-based condition, I think is is a hot topic right now. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: If you are a man and you think you're a girl, you have gender dysphoria. That is the scientific term for it. That is proven in the case you have specific male biological problems, you should not be treated as if you are a female. So we need to have straight talk on some of these issues as well.
1: Okay, so you have this framework. How has it been received? What uh, what kind of responses are you getting from our traditional institutions that I would say are perhaps more inclined towards the traditional DEI framework?
0: We've had responses. You know, we've been able to send this out to the board of trustees at UNC Chapel Hill, which includes the medical school. Mm -hmm. And they have begun to roll back a lot of the DEI policies that their colleges have been implementing since George Floyd. So the task force to integrate social justice, they've rescinded it. Mandatory DEI statements is another thing that they were doing where you had to create a DEI statement to be eligible for promotion and hiring, basically saying how much you've done for diversity, equity, and inclusion, how much you've done for underrepresented minorities. Uh, We think that that is irrelevant from the standpoint of your qualifications as a doctor. So they, with the help of a lot of other organizations like the James Martin Center, and uh, the pope uh, foundation those kinds of things they they rolled back those dei statements they're no longer required they're no longer even solicited at unc medical school so a lot of these race-based policies that put race and critical race theory into the equation are being rolled back but there's still more work to do we want to eliminate some of the medical uh, unconscious bias trainings that have been going on in those schools and we also want to eliminate the critical race theory in the curricula.
1: What's the medical unconscious bias uh, training? What, what does that entail?
0: Students had to be evaluated for whether they were racially biased against black patients. And in order to do that, you took a test. And we think that this test is pretty ridiculous. You, add, you are asked to put basically it's an association test where they shot, they they flash a black face, they flash a white face, and then they put certain terms underneath it like rich or poor, good or bad, and then you're asked to sort of link the keys Mm -hmm. in between each other. And if you do it differently for one race versus another race, it's an account of your unconscious bias. Or if you make more mistakes between one race and another race, it's an account for your unconscious bias. So they use that to determine, I guess, how implicitly racist you are. But we think that that's a terrible exam and that should not be administered anymore.
1: So you've had some success with UNC. How are you approaching your advocacy work? Are you taking initiative in, in your approach to schools? Are you responding as, uh, you know, as, as things come to your attention? I mean, what, what's the approach that kind of you're finding that's most effective as you begin to uh, roll this out, this MEDS framework?
0: The approach that we found been most effective is we expose the egregious DEI material which schools are doing. Mm-hmm. Another school that we've been targeting is ECU Medical School, East Carolina University. Okay. They were asking their professionals to vote in a certain way that represents DEI. I don't know what they mean by that, but I can be pretty sure it means vote left, right? Mm-hmm. Vote Democrat. People should not be pressured to vote a certain way in order to get a job. Mm -hmm. That's just the key. So we called them out on that. We exposed that in front of their board of trustees. We Mm -hmm. shone the light on that. It's directly in their policy. We're not lying about it. It's right there. And we received a response within a week from their general counsel saying, thank you. We will attend to this matter. We will rescind those justifications in accordance with UNC system policy and we reminded them that they're in violation of UNC system policy so it's one thing to pass laws it's another thing to enforce the execution of those laws and we're in the process of enforcing those laws
1: so it's people bringing things to your attention in other words you people if there's something egregious going on they they let you know and the and then you're able to respond in kind is that is that generally how yes. So, so is the approach a, a legal approach? Is that is that the means that you take, or how how do you how did you get the effective outcomes that you got at UNC? What was required for, for them to to back off on those policies?
0: I think it was a combination of media pressure, pressure from us, from me. I, I'm kind of a. If you call yourself a lobbyist, it, c- it comes with a lot of baggage. So I, I'm, a, I'm an advocate. I'm a public advocate. I actually attended their board meetings and I talked to trustees. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically a public advocate. I talked directly to the UNC Board of Trustees and informed them about these policies. They said this is horrible. We need to change this. A few of them have informed you have communicated personally with me. And so I, I'm an effective public advocate, you know, and that's part of my job is to be an effective public advocate. That's what I get paid to do. But also I get paid to, you know, Colorist United goes out to the media and mm-hmm. we, we talk to the media about these things to inform the public about what's really going on in your hospitals. You know, are mm-hmm. you getting the best quality doctor? You as a consumer of healthcare, deserve to get adequate quality protection. And I think that that's something that we as Colorus United do.
1: So as you look forward into the future, where do, where do you see medicine uh, going? Uh, are you? Are you encouraged? Or are you thinking that there's a lot obviously, you probably would probably think there's a lot more work ahead. Um, obviously, if you, you know, you are involved in the, in the thick of it, but Kenny, what, what, where do you see the future in medicine going?
0: I think medicine is becoming increasingly bureaucratic. I think, as I've talked to a lot of doctors and physicians, and I guess you know I'm speaking this in a dental student, medical student podcast, so I want to try to be encouraging. But the truth is, a lot of doctors right now feel that they're getting lower and lower on the totem pole, mm-hmm. in the sense that it, healthcare administrators, and I'm I'm giving the challenges to you guys in a truthful manner. Healthcare administrators are increasingly regulating a doctor's practice, increasingly regulating a dentist practice. UNC Health, for example basically instituted a system whereby any doctor that they work with has to write their notes in such a way that is consistent with UNC's system, electronic system, Mm -hmm. EMS basically. Mm -hmm. And it's actually a very um, bureaucratic and costly system. If a doctor wants to be a patient advocate, it's Mm -hmm. harder and harder for the doctor to actually advocate for the treatment that the doctor is bringing their patient. So there are multiple issues going on with healthcare, but I think in the least it is the subbing of a doctor's practice in which he's establishing trust with the patient into a, an administrative system that is heavily computerized, electronicized, and subject to what the administrators want, not what the well, not what's best for the patient.
1: Well, I know that the medical space isn't the only space you're doing. You're you're working in many different spaces. Can you give us, just give me a little bit of the scope of what you are attempting to accomplish with Color United. Are you working in uh, general uh, academic institutions, undergraduate institutions as well? I imagine working into the private sec- uh, the public sector, I should say, government sector. What, what are some of the things that you're going after?
0: We seek to expose and remedy a lot of the bureaucratization problems and DEI problems in medical institutions right mm-hmm. now. So UNC Health our victory there, ECU Health mm-hmm. is another one that we've tackled. Obviously let's let's put Duke in that category as well. They've they've done a lot of DEI work that mm-hmm. we think is unfair and abusive towards employees. So the the whole North Carolina region, other places like Mount Sinai Medical School, Harvard Medical School, UPenn Medical School. We have tip liners from there feeding us information about that. We're not necessarily ready to do a full fledged campaign yet as we're still accumulating research and work, but we're definitely interested in monitoring those situations. Beyond the medical field, uh, we're also looking at, you know, waste, fraud and abuse in the uh, school system, in the public school system right now that's going on, including among school boards, the appointment of unqualified administrators who were hired for DEI purposes, we want to roll back as well.
1: Well, very good. Um, appreciate, uh, appreciate what you're doing. I um, just wanted to allow you an opportunity to speak directly to our medical and dental students. What would you say to them that are uh, maybe in a situation where they feel pressed upon? There's there's uh, not a diversity of thought, and of, of course, for our students in particular, they they particularly can be pressed upon it in terms of their uh, religious faith. Although I know that your organization isn't necessarily addressing that in particular, but it is a it is a concern for many of our students as to being able to live out their faith within the practice of healthcare, the work that they feel like they were called to do. But so diversity of thought is usually something that is is not given a lot of um, access, you know, not given a lot of opportunity for what would you say to our students? I mean, what would you uh, encourage and exhort them? As we kind of conclude our conversation,
0: Kenny, I would say learn to negotiate, learn to negotiate on behalf of yourself, your practice, your doctor practice, you are in high demand, you're a very low supply industry, if you're a doctor or a dentist, people need you, you have more power than you think. Mm -hmm. So when an administrator tries to get you to do something you don't agree with, you have the power to negotiate. And sometimes you need a negotiator on your behalf as well to come with you and understand that I'm very sympathetic with your concern and you can always reach out to Colorists United. Mm -hmm. You can always reach out to Colorists United because we understand the issues and we Mm -hmm. understand your concerns about being mistreated in the workplace. Especially when there are principled concerns, which I'm sure will happen.
1: Yes. Very good. Well, uh, Kenny Hsu, thank you so much for taking some time and uh, letting us know more about, again, the work that you're doing. And we'll put your website in the show notes. And I imagine if there are uh, individuals that want to reach out to you, the ability to do that is also either through your website, I assume, or an email address. Or how if a student wanted to contact you, perhaps even they had some concerns like, the concerns you've seen at UNC and ECU, what would they need to do?
0: Uh, go on our website. that We have a tip line called a DEI tip line. Submit your concern on the DEI tip line, and a member from our organization will reach out to you.
1: Okay. Very good. Thank you, Kenny. Kenny uh, Shu from uh, Color United, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Before we conclude our podcast, I'd like to share a couple of things that you need to know. First of all, mark your calendar. May 2nd to the 5th, 2024, is CMDA's national convention in the beautiful mountains of Asheville, North Carolina. Simply go to cmdstudentlife.org slash NATCON to learn more about how to register and information on student scholarships, because we wanna make sure that there's nothing that's gonna hinder you from joining us this coming national convention, May 2nd to the 5th in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Also, don't forget, if you want to find the Pulse podcast via our video version, you can go to our YouTube channel. And that is found CMDA Student Life at YouTube. And we have all of these audio podcasts in a video version right there for you. And to keep up with the latest information and resources, you just need to have the Student Life app. If you haven't done so, download it. You can get it on your smartphone. The app is for both the Android and the Apple, and that will keep you up to date with not only the most important information, but resources that'll be right in your pocket. Devotions every Monday and Thursday come out on the app, as well as group Bible studies and... The Student Pulse Podcast is found on the app as well. So check that out if you haven't done so already. Download the app, set up a profile, and you'll stay connected with CMDA. And as always, you can follow and like us on all of our socials. We're on the Instagram, the Facebook, and X, formerly known as Twitter, finding us at our handle, CMDA Student Life. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of CMDA's Student Pulse Podcast, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye now.
0: Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. CMDA's Student Pulse Podcast is a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the organization. CMDA is non partisan and does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on Student Pulse podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members.